This is IGN. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, this is the Spoken Edition of IGN. The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone, Review, by Jim Vavoda. Brought to you by Audible. Mario Puzo's The Godfather Coda, the Death of Michael Corleone will be available on Blu-ray and digital December 8th from Paramount Home Entertainment. It also opens in select theaters on December 4th. Read more on IGN's policy on movie reviews in light of COVID-19 on IGN.com. IGN strongly encourages anyone considering going to a movie theater during the COVID-19 pandemic to check their local public health and safety guidelines before buying a ticket. While The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone is a slightly leaner and more refocused revision of The Godfather Part 3, Francis Ford Coppola's revamp won't do much to radically change anyone's feelings about the final installment in his crime family saga. The 1990 film widely deemed a disappointment following the two instant classics that preceded it. In other words, the problems in Godfather 3 are too fundamental to be erased by merely restructuring and trimming what had been a bloated, less-than-engaging finale. Tragedy and family, among the cornerstones of the Godfather saga, are precisely what's so off about this final entry, whether it's Godfather Part 3 or Godfather Coda. Al Pacino's ailing, aging Michael and Talia Shire's darker, vicious Connie are the most prominent returning cast members, with Diane Keaton's remarried Kay playing a supporting role in service of Michael's quest for forgiveness. But this Corleone family is a shell of the one we'd previously come to know. They're less defined, less warm, and largely strangers to the viewer, with the film itself hardly developing any of its new characters to fill the void or bring anything unique or exciting to the saga. The filmmaker's daughter, Sofia Coppola, remains woefully miscast as Michael's beloved daughter, Mary, and her romance with her first cousin, Vincent Mancini, Andy Garcia, is still as cringe-inducing as it was 30 years ago. Sorry, but there's still no way to dress up incest between first cousins and make it into some tragic romance between star-crossed lovers doomed by the family business. It's not all Sofia Coppola's fault, mind you, as Mary is underwritten and lacks any true motivation beyond wanting to be in love with her cousin but a stronger actress could have transcended what little there is on the page for her to play. Mary is ultimately there to be the crushing blow to her father's vain attempt at redemption. She says at one point she wants to be closer to her dad, but at no point do we witness any true estrangement between them. Indeed, she appears to be the apple of his eye, with her aspiring opera singer brother Tony the one who has an icy relationship with their father. Garcia brings a much-needed jolt of charisma and energy to the whole affair as Sonny Corleone's illegitimate son, Vincent, succeeding where Sofia Coppola couldn't in bringing more to his underwritten role. But Vincent lacks the gravitas and pathos of past Godfather characters. Even his dad, Sonny, had more nuance and dimension to him. Vincent is a one-note, vicious hothead throughout whose eventual graduation to become the new godfather feels unearned. As loyal as he may be to Michael, he only got the job because there really was no one else left in line for it by then. 
The surrogate father-son bond between Michael and Vincent isn't really explored much. And Michael, while firm on it needing to be called off, isn't really as aghast at his daughter and his brother's son being romantically involved as you'd think a father would be. He's more upset about Tony not wanting to become a lawyer. All of this to say that even with Coppola's rejiggering and wholesale cutting of scenes, there are still enough deep flaws in Godfather Coda to keep the film from being anywhere near as good as the first two chapters. It is, however, still a slightly better version of the same movie, getting to its point in a more deft way by losing the originals, Michael gets a papal medal sequence and using Michael's meeting with Archbishop Gilday about the Catholic Church's debts, and Michael's bid to acquire the church's stake in the firm Immobiliare as the impetus for everything that's to come. This was a smart change because it establishes what Michael wants. Redemption, even if he has to buy it, as well as a legitimate future and fortune for his family, right off the bat. Another notable difference is the very end of the film, which provoked laughter in the theater when I saw it back in 1990. Without giving too much away, Coda has a shorter and bleaker resolution than what was seen in the theatrical cut. It doesn't redeem the deeply flawed nature of the movie, but it's certainly a better ending than the one we've had for the past 30 years. And while I'm personally interested in all the Vatican Bank intrigue, the film is so engrossed in these machinations that it loses sight of what it should mean to the characters. The movie remains in service of the plot, rather than the characters. With the minutia of the Immobiliare deal getting far more screen time than the development of the tragic, albeit very misguided, romance between Mary and Vincent, or the relationship between Michael and his children. The cinematography, production design, and overall aesthetic of this final Godfather film remain as gloomily gorgeous as its predecessors, elements that this crisp new Blu-ray and digital transfer capture well. Francis Ford Coppola may have improved upon his initial release with this coda, but no amount of reworking of this material can make Sofia Coppola's performance better, the new characters more compelling, or the central plot less aloof. The Verdict the Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone, doesn't quite redeem the sins of The Godfather Part 3. But it is a better, clearer telling of the same basic story. However, the film's flaws remain too deep and fundamental for Francis Coppola's 30 years later revision to truly make this a brand new or deeply rewarding viewing experience. And while even a fine Godfather sequel is better than most other movies, The Godfather Coda still lacks the power, heart, and soul that made The Godfather Parts 1 and 2 so beloved. The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone, gets a 7 out of 10. This holiday season, the new Audible Plus catalog has everything you need all in one place. Stream or download thousands of select Audible originals, audiobooks, and podcasts all you want. No limit. The selection keeps growing, so you'll always be able to find a favorite listen or try something new, like our Audible Sleep Collection to help you drift off. Visit audible.com, and for a limited time, you can enjoy an Audible Plus membership for just $4.95 a month for the first six months. Happy holiday listening! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.